This is From Chaos to Peace with Connie, episode number 34, The Gifts and Benefits of Forgiveness Toward Ourselves and Others with Julie Lido. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? This is episode number 34 of the From Chaos to Peace podcast, where you learn how a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears. Please subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode and share it with your family and friends. Because if you find value in it, they will too. And sharing is caring. (laughs) And also, if I could ask, if you love my podcast, you can help me by going to Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review. This will help that more people will find the podcast and can move from chaos to peace in their life and business. If you left me a five-star review, let me know and I will give you a shout out here on the show. (laughs) Okay, enough of that. Because I'm very excited to welcome Julie Lito to the show today. Julie earned a doctorate in educational psychology from the University of Southern California, and she's an expert in cognitive load, which means how our brain handles quantities of input, which is an area more important than ever in our hyperconnected, always on electronic world. She has also extensive neurostrategic training and learned from her research that the majority of our actions are automated and that becoming aware and changing these is key to transforming lives to the better. And that's what all we're talking about here on my podcast. No, we want to change our habits so that the clutter doesn't creep back in and that we can get rid of clutter. So I'm really excited to chat with Julie. We are talking about the amazing capacity and abilities of our brain, how habit forming works, and also about forgiveness, about forgiving others, and most importantly, forgiving ourselves. How we do that, and what good comes out of it, and what happens if we don't forgive. And that's actually what surprised and fascinated me the most. Julie said that not forgiving is actually cluttering up our brain. What? (laughs) That's crazy. Well, let's jump into this conversation with Julie and hear and learn all about it. Okay, here she comes. Welcome to my podcast, Julie. I'm so excited you're here and uh, we had already fun. So let's keep Yes, it thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited too. So you have um, a very um, impressive bio that I just told my listeners about in the intro. Um, and today's topic is forgiveness and extending grace. But before we dive into this, I have quickly another question. Okay, go. <laughs> Because you told me that you learned from your research that the majority of our actions are automated and that we have to become aware and change them. And then we can transform our lives to the better, no? And so this is basically something that I, that, that is at, at the heart of what I do when I help people declutter, I always say like, it's not a one-time event. It is a, is a journey. So you have to 
what we're doing is, yes, we're going to declutter now and maybe we put some extra effort in it. But what in the long term you want to do is change your habits so that the clutter doesn't creep back in. Now, of course, since I have you as an expert on here, I would love to know from your experience, how can we even do that? Because automatic habits are exactly that. They're automatic. So we may not be aware of it. So how do we become aware of them? and start changing them from your experience and perspective? Yeah, wow, that's a great question. And there's so much there. Um, so to start, oh, yeah, <laughs> I love that. So that it's, a, uh, what did you say? Decluttering is a journey, not a one-time event. Yeah. You know, in our society, we want the quick fix. We want the pill. We want, you know, to get that one thing, right? That's going to make it happen. But as you uh, referenced, we can get something on the outside. I like it. I say it's like we're putting plants in front of the front door, but you know, the everything in our house, the electrical and the plumbing is falling apart and that's not going to last for long. So to really get in and make the changes, we have to look at what are the patterns um, that are firing in our minds, right? And that we're doing and we've got to foundationally go deep to change those. And the thing is that um, they didn't get that way overnight. So like I tell people, I go, you didn't pick up this habit overnight. Like, so it's not going to change instantly. And that's where the really tough work comes in. Um, and I, I, sometimes I describe it to people as if you have a path and you've been traveling that, like say to get your grandmother's house through the woods and it's, you know, very, it's like got a lot of, you know, like poison ivy and it's got a lot of like branches and you know dangerous things right so you're going to put on full um like clothing head to toe boots maybe a hat maybe you know you've got to really protect yourself right and gear up and then after 20 years all of a sudden they clear a new path and it is pristine and it's you know got little pebbles and it's got a brook and it's beautiful you can go barefoot like it's safe it's it's but every time you suit up to go to grandma's, you're going to, you've been doing it for so many years that you're going to get all that armor on to go. It takes a long time to break those habits. So that's kind of what we're looking at is we've got to take, and you need tools to help you trigger those things in your mind to do differently. Like maybe every year you've been buying new boots because you need them for grandma's. And then, you know, that time of year comes and you're like, okay, we got to get our boots. You might even order them and not even think about it. So it's really the time and stages like you talked about and having um, the patience, but, but we have to believe in the process, right? So we have to believe that to dig deep and do this is going to be worth it. And it's going to have an outcome that is going to change our lives. Right. And is, and sometimes that's really hard to see because again, we're used to, you know, Oh, it's quick. It's, it's instant. It's, you know, success. <laughs> we can see it. We can't see these deep foundational things, just like we can't see plumbing sometimes or electrical. Um, we don't see the evidence. You can't stand outside of our house and go, ooh, they put, wow, they just put $100,000 into that house. This is amazing. Like you can't see it, right? Um, but it's what's going to make the biggest difference uh, long-term as to the quality of your house and sustainability. So I hope that made sense. Yeah, I love that with the, the example with the house and the plumbing and everything, because it, it, it really shows what's going on. And, and we're, we're similar. And yeah, with this quick fix, that's actually the 
curse in a way. No, it's like everybody expects a magic pill. And I always say the magic pill, so I'm very bold. I always say the magic pill is a few minutes a day, keeps the chaos away. The magic right. pill is to to be aware, to be mindful, to change, to to do little little tiny steps every day, building up on the, each other that like compound interest that are actually paying big dividends and dividends right. in mm-hmm. having less clutter, having less mental clutter too, um, and all that in your life. And a year from now, or probably even two or three months from now, you will start seeing the difference, but not necessarily from day to day, right off the bat. So right. I think, and I that's think- what people struggle with now. They do. And I think, and also just to give people an, a sense of, so when you've been doing something so automatically, um, for example, often like if we go to work, we'll get in the car and we've been driving there for so many years or, you know, maybe to our mom's house or wherever, somewhere we drive a lot. And then say we're going somewhere that's nearby, but not that place. And if we're on a phone call or we're distracted, we will end up at that place and not realize, wait a minute, I wasn't going here. I was going to like Target, which is down the street. So that's our brain automatically executing things. And that's what takes a lot to override because our brain is set up to do this because we cannot handle all of the inputs that are coming at us. So our brain filters things out and we need these, we call them automated processes to help our brain be able to um, manage and do what we need. So if we didn't have, like if every single time we got in the car, it was like, okay, you know, uh, put the key in the ignition. Okay, now turn it. Um, Okay, now put my foot on the brake. Okay, now put my, it in gear. We would never get anywhere, right? We would be doing that process. So that's why we have automated, but unfortunately many of the automated processes, they hold us back and they are not things that are serving us. So those are the ones that we want to get in and look at which tends to bring a lot of chaos because stuff's just piling on and happening and we're not you know, able to change it. Yeah, totally, totally. While you were talking, I just remembered I read that book by Charles Duhigg and I forgot how it was called, something about habit. Oh, that, I love yeah, that. And, and in there he talked about, I don't know whether you remember that, he talked about that elderly gentleman who had dementia, but was still able to go to his daily walk and would find his way home because his brain or he, in his yep. automatic habits, he knew exactly where to go, but you just couldn't interrupt it. He yep. couldn't stop. He couldn't talk with anybody, but he would, if he would just walk, he, would, he could go on his daily walk, which is amazing when you think about your brain being that powerful that um, even though you're having this terrible disease of dementia not knowing where you are usually and and all that but your brain can still go and do that but yeah the same example like you just said with the car sometimes we're driving somewhere and then we're there and we're all of a sudden thinking how did i get here i was not even consciously here it's scary sometimes so i think these are good examples for people to see where we need to start to be more mindful. And I always say like, I'm all about mindful decluttering and mindful changing your life because that's where, that's where you actually get underneath 
the most apparent deeper digging deeper like you mentioned earlier yep. we have to <laughs> dig deeper and then once we're understanding why we do why we're doing things or or what the cause is then maybe it's easier to change it still needs effort but it's it's um i feel it's easier to change yeah the awareness is wow i mean i think that's really i would say that's like the diving board. So once we get awareness and, and, and you have, we have to be open, right? Like our ego has to be aside enough that we are open to, I'm ready to really look at this. Um, and that, you know, goes back to kind of our worth and, and being able to accept and be okay with whatever it is. So that's a whole nother topic. But if we are really open to that awareness and, and being okay with what we find, which is why I think a lot of people aren't open to it. It's like we, we go off the high dive and we're going into a world of really opening up to being free. I mean, I, I, that's the like, first thing that pops in my head is just like, yeah. it's really going to get us to, to freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you touch on that, that people are reluctant because they're worried or, or they're having issues then possibly with self-worth and everything, which is kind of like a good segue into what we want to talk about, which is forgiveness and giving yourself grace. Because um, a lot of people think they need to be perfect or it's kind of like how, um, how I grew up too. I always felt like, especially in school, you need to have good grades. You have to give the right answer. You're constantly kind of conditioned towards having to be um, well, I don't think they tell you you have to be perfect, but that's kind of the impression we're getting that we have to be perfect. I do admit, I do struggle with these two. So let's dive into this topic. Well, that just um, means you're human. So <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to say, so why is forgiveness a topic that resonates with so many people? So possibly because we're all humans. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it resonates so much because we all, I, I believe when we're you know, all born, come to this earth, like we have this light inside of us. And, you know, sometimes it's buried, sometimes it's very dull, sometimes it's just a little ember, but it's there. And I believe we all have like an innate, an innate desire to, um, like to be in harmony and to, you know, of course, have that love and feel valued. And so I think the forgiveness it's, it, there's a hurt there. People who don't forgive, right? There, um, there's a deep, deep um, loss and void because if they're not forgiving themselves or someone else, then there's like a barrier that's being put up to love, to connection, to positivity, right? I mean, even, even if, the, for, if it's with someone who wasn't a good um, fit in your life or someone toxic or whatever it is, if you are not forgiving, then you're the one who's suffering because you're holding on to that in your heart. So I yeah. think that's why it resonates so much because it's the source of so much hurt and pain and um, is really holding people back from joy. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people mix it up uh, two, they feel like forgiving is something they're giving to the other person. They're not realizing that the forgiving process is actually for you. It has nothing to do with the other person. 
you know, but that's exactly. hard to see sometimes, especially if you have somebody that hurt you, um, then you constantly associate the pain you're feeling with that person. And then understanding that forgiveness has nothing to do with that person, uh, but only with you is probably hard. Is that what you come across too when you talk with your oh, clients about forgiveness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> A thousand percent. That reminds me of one of my favorite um, sayings, ideas, which I'm constantly saying to people is, any action that anyone else takes or any words that they speak have nothing to do with you. It's always about them. Always. Mm -hmm. And when we are people who, not we, but people who tend to be in a pattern again of um, believing that the world and life are happening to them, that they're not in a position of of power, we call it uh, like, you know, you're living at effect, not cause. So you believe everything right is coming at you instead of you are having the the power and the influence to make things happen in the world. You know, then it's just this like these reactions um, to everything around you. And I've seen this in parents where their children are literally like debilitated from functioning in life because their parents have their whole lives told them oh, that person, you know, emotionally abused you and that person bullied you and that person did this. And it's unbelievable. So tragic. So tragic. So yes, that is um, when we can own and say, you know what? That doesn't mean it was nice what they said. That doesn't mean that it was kind. That doesn't mean that it was, um, you know, civil or productive or positive, but what it means is that it was their words. It came from them and it doesn't have to reflect upon us at all. That's huge. Yeah, and I think something that goes with it so that I had to learn, which didn't come from my upbringing either, but something that I had to learn is by knowing that we we are worthy all the time, but we're sometimes doing maybe stupid things that we have to forgive ourselves. The same grace we can extend to other people just because that person hurt us or did something hurtful doesn't mean that person is a bad person or necessarily, but they did an action that was maybe stupid or just maybe hurtful. And again, we're all humans. So maybe... Um, that is also something that we sometimes don't really get depending on with which what parents were growing up and they didn't know better. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying they didn't know better. But sometimes this tie between our worth and self-worth and our actions is so close together. In, and, and that's maybe also why we have so much trouble forgiving ourselves and others mm -hmm. because we are having this too close instead of seeing, okay, there's a being and that being had a certain thought or a stressful thought. And that's why it, it, that being acted the way it acted. And that yep. doesn't make that being mean yep. or, yeah, or, or yeah. wrong. And that, that comes, yeah, and that comes back to another one of my favorite sayings, which is, I have so many, um, give the most generous explanation for another's behavior and believe it. Mm -hmm. oh, and that, say of that course, again, say that again. So that, that sings um, in. That's beautiful. Give the most generous explanation for another's behavior and believe it. Yeah. That yeah. requires compassion. 
right? That requires us to not be all about ourselves and focused on how it reflects or feels on us. It really requires um, empathy to be able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and, and try to see it from their perspective. And we have to be separated enough from our ego to be able to have that, that viewpoint, right? So, so key. But when, and, and I think you're right, like a lot of us, especially in growing up, it's a very like black and white situation. So it's like, if someone does something um, that, re that would require forgiveness, then they're bad, right? So not the behavior, but they, and, and this is interesting if you'll, um, and there's a lot of, there's research on this, that if you meet people and they don't like the color gray, I don't know if you've heard this before, but no. then, yeah, then they, so it's like, okay, there's certain people who they want, it's like um, a very binary. So for example, you see a movie, I can't think of one right now, but, and you have, um, they make the lead, the villain, um, I'm gonna try to say, like you can um, emotionally connect with and have um, empathy for the villain. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like movies like that. Mm. They are very uncomfortable when the villain is showed in a very humanistic um, light where we would have to have compassion for them because it's like, you're good or you're bad. Yeah. And here's why this is a whole nother thing, <laughs> but this is related to, in our minds, again, the amount of information coming in and automated processes. You have to be, a, you have to think and you have to deal with a lot of, um, with, you know, concepts and judgments and to be able to discern, okay, wait a minute, this was a bad behavior, but this, this was someone's child. This is someone who's had hurts and pains. This is a human, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, your brain has to be active and you have to have a lot of connection to deep places to be able to go there. And a lot of people, they don't want to go there. So it's like, you're good or you're bad. And then they don't have to do all that thinking, which actually my chair and my, my research that I did at USC, his research, his dissertation at Stanford had been on this topic of why people have a tough time making decisions. And what he found was that they didn't want to do the work. It's too hard to think for yourself. So they would rather you know, I'm going to be whatever, this political party, or I'm going to be a member of this religion, or I'm going to you know, follow this group because the decisions are made for you. And yeah. I'm not saying any of those things are bad. I'm just, there's a psychology behind why we don't go deeper and open ourselves up to seeing things from a much more broad and compassionate view because mm -hmm. it's so much work to do it. Oh, that's so interesting. So I didn't hear that, but it makes so much sense. That's when you understand why people uh, fall for certain um, religious leaders and then, and then the leader can basically tell them, oh, you shouldn't have any, any items or you shouldn't have any money, but he himself lives in luxury and you're like, ah, that's that work, but they're not wanting to do the work. They're just trying to follow. So this the sheep. Yeah, it's some people call it group think and it's not um so it's you know conscious that not someone's not saying yeah 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 you know I, I just don't want to do the work to think I mean I just want an easy life I'm just going to go join this group and they're, you know now everything unconscious again but that's yeah. part of the like Eckhart Tolle would say you know leaving the physical form is we are enabling ourselves to be in touch with that deeper truer self and not be like one of my, another thing I love is, um, you know, living in the world, but not being of the world. Right. So if we're mm -hmm. not just of the world, 
we can really go deeper on the step and think of, okay, what does it mean to me and what's important, not just, and, and a lot of it too is just like, my brain can't handle all of these things that are coming at me. <laughs> like sometimes it's yeah. survival. It's yeah. like, if I join here, then these decisions are made. Like this is, this is happening. I don't have to use this, you know, my cognitive abilities yeah. to make these decisions. So. Well, it's a little it's similar, a like also big, why comfort zones are, are so, um, dangerous zones because it's so much more uh, it's so much easier to just stay where you are and do what you always did and 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 like you just said follow somebody who figured it out already instead of actually really thinking for yourself right and and sometimes it's you know it's we can use it to our advantage so i'll I'll just tell you right now i'm just going to give you an opposite okay of this so perfect like i'm a person like i don't really like politics i don't like all that. It's like for me to make decisions and vote and do those things, even though I think it's an amazing privilege and, you know, being in the United States. And, and I think it's important to have my grandfather was a world war two prisoner of war. Like I take that very seriously and I honor it, but to vote and do the work to be informed and to know what's going on and know the issues responsibly. I'm not going to put the time into that. I like my passion is, you know, doing the coaching and doing the work with parents and kids. So I just know myself. I just am not going to do it to the degree I think is responsible. So I have a, um, I have a family member who I respect very much, who's very up on this stuff, who I trust implicitly. And I literally, I'm always like, Hey, what about this? What about that? What about this person? What about this? Um, what do they call it? Not amendment. Uh, we vote on, um, I can't even think right now in California, but you know, all the things on the ballot that we're voting for. And, and then he'll go, yeah, this, because of this, and I'll ask questions. So it's kind of like my little shortcut. So I'm able to get the information. Now I don't just vote like, but he's my advanced team and then will fill me in. And then if I want to, I can look more, but then it gives me a reasonable amount of information that I'm responsibly voting. But if I didn't, I don't have that. I don't do it because it feels like not genuine. Like I'm not informed enough, if that makes sense you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. but, but again, I'm not just blindly like, check, 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 you know, <laughs> so yeah, like a lot it's of a hybrid, say, I guess. Yeah. Like a lot of people who say, oh, our family has always been Republican. So I'm Republican. And no matter what's going on in the world, I just vote for the Republican yeah. candidate or for the Republican, yeah. whatever, which is, um, but that might work for them. You know, that that's, and I think yeah. that's the thing too. So voting to me is important because of the privilege and because of my grandfather and others fighting for it. So for me, that's something important, but for someone else, they may be like, yeah, my family's always voted this way. I'm going to vote this way. No big deal. Great. That, but that connects with their value set. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's like, pick some, what matters to you? Like, Right, and and then make sure you invest, and you're doing your own thinking and decision making on that. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like what's that saying? If you if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. So just having some conviction and being able to say, yeah, this matters. This is important. I'm I'm consciously and actively thinking about how I do this, right? Mm-hmm. But if if you're like, yeah, my family's always voted this way, so I'm just gonna vote that way. I mean, well, if that works for you. But if you say this is very important to me and I'm only voting the way my family, then something's not jiving, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not mm-hmm. yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. And, but again, uh, it's almost like this is also this unconscious automated thing. They don't even clue off. They're just doing it because also, so what I notice for myself sometimes is too, is like when you're, and, and it depends how convincing certain people are, but when you're in a, in a certain environment and the people can be very convincing and then maybe I don't even feel or hear myself. So then I'm taking it on. And then when you step out of this, environment possibly you go and be alone and you think about it you may come up with something completely different so that might be one of the reasons too when you're constantly surrounded by i don't know why i use republicans but it's it doesn't matter who i'm just saying right. if you're constantly yeah. rounded by only republicans of course it makes all sense and you think oh yeah that's what i want too because you never step out of it right. so that well, so i yeah, force that, myself sometimes on purpose to go and hear the opposite yeah. Um, opinion, not just in politics, like in anything, the uh, completely opposite. So if I was in white, I go and listen to black, right. just to get myself out of this. Yes, I agree with everything and everything is exactly how I yeah. think. Just to go and see, is it really or not? Yeah, because I'm I aware of the automatic thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do the same thing. And I think, and, you know, that's the other thing we all know with, with information um, research and what's coming out is that the internet has created the situation where we get more of what we like a lot of because of the algorithms. Yeah. So exactly. whatever we show an interest in and whatever we look up, it gives us more of that. So that's why a lot of people in the world right now are able to do a lot of negative things because where in the past they were more loners and they were in isolation, now they can find like-minded people in a snap and they mm. can get resources together and they are able to feel connected where before they were more in isolation. And so that's, you know, yeah, yeah a lot of dangerous um, situations. Yeah. But it's, it's not just the internet. So I forgot the, the, the official term of it. But for example, if somebody tells you, um, uh, don't think of a pink elephant, you start thinking of a pink elephant. Or if somebody says, um, uh, uh, oh, I want to have a red car, or I want to have this specific car, all of a sudden you see everywhere red cars. So I yeah. think that's, that's what funny. our I brain just... does anyways, that our focus goes to kind of what we're thinking anyways. And so then we're finding more mm -hmm. of this. So the internet right. basically, and the algorithm in the internet basically shows us what it our brain that. does anyways yeah. you no know? so That's, i forgot yeah. how that term is called but yeah i just i just did that uh i just actually lives in my parent warriors group on those two things this week <laughs> so mm -hmm. the one is the last thing you said about the car and actually that's the the example it's the reticular reticular reticulating activating system so it's our brain is scanning for what we it thinks is important information we need to have so if we decide we're going to buy a new car all of a sudden we're seeing that car everywhere. Well, it's not that that car's on the road all of a sudden, it's that our brain with all of the information that's coming in that we can't handle is, is letting that filter through. So it goes, this is important. You're looking at this car, you're considering this car. And all of a sudden it's everywhere. And, yeah. and then the first one you mentioned about the, I don't know what you said, I always say um, purple elephant. I said the pink that's one, but it's okay. We can yeah, have okay. a purple pink, one, I purple, have no problem. Blue. Yeah, <laughs> have a our, um, we, we love all colors. The um, that's our unconscious mind. It cannot process a negative. So that's why like, I'm really specific, like with parents and with teachers, like when you're dealing with children is don't, you know, say to them uh, or say to them, um, you know, don't run, don't run because I'm constantly, it's still saying 
walk quickly, walk quickly. So if you say don't run, the unconscious mind doesn't know what's real and what's not real. So it's yeah. just hearing yeah. run. Yeah. yeah. So that's another, another key one is again, our language is so important and has so yeah. much impact. And I don't have children, but I have animals and I know that from animals. So you can't tell the dog <laughs> don't bark because the dog doesn't understand. A, A, A he doesn't understand or only a limited amount of words. They actually have dogs mm -hmm. who understand and can distinguish words, but it doesn't help there either with don't, don't, or I, I ride horses. You can't tell the horse don't. You have to tell the horse either slow down or go fast. Yeah. And it's also how you present it. So the horse listens a lot to your energy. So if you're thinking don't, 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 the horse is going to be all confused because don't is not something that I I can transmit properly to the horse. I have to transmit to the horse, slow down or speed up. Positive words, just like you said. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that about animals. That's really interesting. But it makes sense to the energy piece. Yeah. Because people are definitely tuned into and are responding to our energy. And you're right. If our words are negative, we are having an element of negative energy within us that we are then sending out to them. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, this is such an awesome topic. I could probably talk with you for hours. So I, one, one more question I had to circle back to the forgiveness was, um, so what happens if we refuse to forgive? Or what, what is the price we pay if we mm -hmm. refuse to forgive? Well, there's, there's so many, but what I really see is that it's like we're harboring um, negativity, toxicity um, in our minds, right? In our hearts, in our bodies. There's a lot of, I know, physical manifestations of anything that we're holding on to. As far as our minds go, so our, our brains are, are built and they can handle a limited amount of inputs and processing at one time, to put it simply. Mm -hmm. And when we are holding on to um, like unresolved emotions, and when we're holding on to things that are negative, that we know are like keeping us um, like unbalanced, then it's taking up some of that space mm -hmm. that we need for just our daily functioning, for being able to you know, move forward. It's, it's, it's almost like I, I re, um, describe it as like being in um, mud because like, like uh, we, you know, we want to move, but we really are stuck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what I see from people that is really holding them back from moving forward is the fear. There's a whole nother topic we could go off on, I'm sure for hours. Um, <laughs> the fear that unconsciously again, that they will not be able to handle the disappointment if they forgive themselves or someone else. So if you are going to be open to forgiving, it's like you're opening up your heart and you're saying, okay, um, that's done. I accept it and I can move on from it. You know, again, that doesn't mean the relationship is repaired. It doesn't mean the person's still in your life. It just means that you're accepting that 
you're not going to harbor this and hold this actively anymore. And mm -hmm. to do that, you're, it's like you're signaling to yourself, okay, if this happens again, I can deal with the disappointment, right? I can deal with the sadness. I can deal with the pain because mm -hmm. our unconscious mind holds on to negative emotions because it thinks it's going to, it's protecting us. It's a protector. And it thinks that if it holds on to that, like if I don't forgive that person, then that's not happening again, right? They're not going to hurt me again. They're, they're not going to get me again. So it's the trust of ourselves, which goes back to the self-worth, doesn't everything. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I, I can handle this. You know, if, if this is to happen again in the future, now hopefully we learn from these experiences, right? And we can, we can um, evolve and grow so it doesn't happen to that degree but again it's am i trusting am i believing in myself am i confident and strong that it's you know i'm not going to fall apart in response to what someone else did or what i did and that i'm okay being imperfect and that i'm okay knowing that i might make mistakes and, and i see this especially in parents the forgiveness of self is so huge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's really debilitating like some people like yeah that, that's been kind of the biggest surprise to me in doing this this parenting uh, coaching is how I brought this up in my group and I was like oh whatever we'll just do a little thing on forgiveness and it just like blew up like the pe people were just like like kind of breaking down all over the place <laughs> I was like what's mm -hmm. happening it's because mm -hmm. it's that deep and it's that like I said I think it's that it's that thing that is like invisible. And maybe that's another reason it resonates with people is you can hide it for a really long time. Yeah. Cause you're just not talking from to yourself. The I'm thinking from yourself, from yourself and, and you're spiraling cause nothing's good enough that you do. And you're up at night or you're, you know, not treating yourself. Well, you're not drinking enough water. You're not exercising. You're not this, you're not that because you're punishing yourself and you're like self-sabotaging yourself because of, that you're not um, having a forgiving heart towards yourself. So then it's manifesting and showing up in, in physical form and in other ways and impacting your family and those around you. And so, yeah, it's really um, been yeah, eye-opening. I, I just wanted to say, is there some research on it? Like what the likelihood is, like if you're, if you're refusing to forgive because you think then it's not gonna happen to me again, compared to when you forgive and you're, you're strong and open and you know you can handle this appointment. Is there any research how the likelihood is that it's happening to you again? Or, or is that too abstract? Oh, like, like statistical, like yeah, data yeah. on what does mm -hmm. it happen? Well, I mean, you know, I, I can't answer that question, but I do know that um, mm -hmm. a lot of that is, is manifested in what we think. So just that, just that phrasing of happen to you again, it, right? If you're able to forgive, then you've got to do it at a place of, again, that's that other person's action or, or maybe it's your own, right? So then, then it gets a little more complicated. <laughs> We're talking about ourselves. Um, but are you going to do it again? Well, you're not perfect, so you might. But I think if you're open to the learning and the growth and you put strategies in place, then you're going to, you know, maybe something's going to happen again, but you're going to do it, do it better, yeah. Yeah. right? So yeah. yeah. I was just thinking, especially as a parent, like if you're mm -hmm. feeling like 
shame or guilt around something or, or you, you have a hard time forgiving and then you're living in this tense state of trying to ignore it and not forgive, then you're probably not the best parent that you could be to your child. And then you're in this circle where, where you never get out of it. Um, because, because you can't be your best self because you're so, so tense, you know? And so I was just wondering about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, well, it's in the evolution of ourselves, right? So if we can model for our kids that we know we're imperfect yeah. and ha- love ourselves anyway, Mm-hmm. then and it's so much harder on our kids whole nother thing but we're at least giving them that sense of oh wait a minute like my mom knows she's not perfect my mom knows she makes mistakes but and but I think that's it there's a trap there because I've experienced this if you're a person who forgives yourself um, people who don't they may view you as not taking responsibility for your actions mm-hmm. And they may view you as you don't accept um, blame, which is a whole nother thing. Yeah, but yeah. I've experienced, and I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. And it's because I don't beat myself up and because I don't um, like shame myself and let that stuff linger mm-hmm. and I forgive myself. It's, it's viewed as you don't take accountability and responsibility. Yeah, interesting. So that's a whole yeah. lot of podcast episodes on that, I think. <laughs> I think. I think we have about 10 that we could do interview. Exactly, right? So much good but, stuff. Um, yeah, no, so we want to be mindful of, um, the, like you just said, the brain can only handle so much. So I think we touched on so many things <laughs> yeah. already. So The brains are yeah. full, yeah. Yeah, the brains are full. So let that tell people where they can find you you mentioned your facebook group for parents um where 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 should they come find you if they say i need to know more what julie has to offer yeah i have a facebook group it's a um, private uh, group it's called parent warriors and um, i am changing that soon but that's what it is right now and then my website is drjulie.org o-r-g Okay. So those are the two, um, yeah, two main Is places. That where, where you prefer them to go? Um, yeah, I mean, if you go to my website, I've got a link to the Facebook group on there. Oh, perfect. So yeah, that has information. And yeah, yeah I will, and I will put the links people, in the show notes so that people can find you. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and anyone can feel feel free to, um, you know, find me on uh, Facebook and message me too. Okay. I like chatting perfect. with people. Perfect. So, <laughs> any last words of wisdom? Oh, goodness. That's a big question. Um, I guess just the biggest is just, you know, one little action thought is, is there something that you've been harboring or holding, or you just kind of know somewhere, you know what, this is something that um, I'm holding on to that I can release. And the amount of, of freedom and the amount of energy and space and order, right? Because we're talking about from, from like chaos to peace. The amount you will be freed, I, I will promise you, it will surprise you. So if, and it can be, and I have stuff on this on my, you know, my group and I write about, it. it's like one, it, you could write a letter and never send it. You could just reach out to someone um, and say, hey, just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. If it's another person, whatever it is, the biggest thing is not to expect anything in return. It's not about them. It's about us. 
we just take a step. And if we do that and no forgiveness is, it's a gift to ourselves. That's, I guess, if we take one thing away from today, forgiveness is a gift that um, for ourselves, not for anybody else. That doesn't mean it's not going to benefit someone else and it's not going to be amazing or could be, but we have to be prepared. If we reach out to someone and we think that's forgiveness is that if they don't respond or they hang up on us or slam the door in our face, that's okay. We've done our part because we have released ourselves Mm -hmm. from holding on to that, that we don't need to, because we have so much in our lives we want space for. So we need to give it up to create space in our minds and our hearts, right? And our energy for the good stuff. This is not the good stuff (laughs) by far. (laughs) Beautiful. I love to end it right here. That's, that's literally words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Julie, for being on the show. Thanks, Connie. It was so much fun. Bye. Bye. Okay, my friends, that was my awesome conversation with Julie Lido. If you want to find out more about Julie and her Facebook group, Parent Warriors, you find all the links of the things we were talking about in the show notes and the show notes you'll find at conigraph.com forward slash podcast forward slash 34. That is conigraph, C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 34. Thank you for joining me on this podcast episode today and listening all the way to the end. Again, if you found value in what Julie and I were talking about, please share it with your family and friends, because if you found value in it, they will too. And sharing is caring. (laughs) Thank you again. Have a beautiful and amazing week. And please subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Take good care and be safe.